3: Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: In for Mike Palm today, I am Dave Ross. This is Odds On alongside Amal Shah. Amal, it's great
5: to be with you on this Monday. First of all, did you have a great holiday weekend? I did. Thank you very much. I hope you had a fantastic holiday weekend. But more importantly, thank you for coming in here like a oh. firefighter. We make the call early this morning, had to rearrange everything. We appreciate you actually answering the bell because they called me at 8 o'clock in the morning. The chances of getting a hold of me, were pro- you probably had a better chance of getting a hold of Charlize Theron. <laughs>
4: Well, if I get Charlize Theron, you can call at any time, So I'll pick up that phone. Uh, yeah, it is great to be here. Look, last night, obviously, I uh, had a nice night watching those Dallas Cowboys eviscerate the Washington football team, which was a very fun wager to be on the right side of and never have to sweat that out all day, Amal. So I was like, hey, Monday morning in a
5: good mood. Let's go. Let's do some odds on with them all. I tell you what, I don't know if there was a bigger margin of victory in the NFL this year. What was the final last night, 56-14? Yeah, I believe that's correct. I actually, you you stopped watching, you checked out, you're still watching the game, but it's like, it's a second screen at that point because the game is just so decided. I actually pulled it up when it was 35-7, I think it was, or 28-7, whatever it was. I was like, this thing is over. But yeah, easy victory there for you. Uh, i tell you what, we realize why you have to have a, a good starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. The first throw of the game from Taylor Heineke, I thought T- uh, Trayvon Diggs was running the route for the Redskins or for the Washington football team. It
4: looked like it. Again, he shut out Terry McLaurin the last time they played as well, and they just can't get anything on seven. And again, you can get things on Trayvon Diggs. That is true. But keep trying him, America, because I think that's going to be fool's gold if you keep going after seven. So easy win for the Cowboys last night. We'll talk a little bit more. Uh, about the impact, certainly, in in the playoff scenario going forward as the Cowboys have wrapped up the NFC East. But let's start off with, uh, Amal, some of your shenanigans, if you will. And let's start off with what happened, I believe, on Thursday night with the Niners in Tennessee and one Jimmy G.
5: You know, I was out of town last week, and Mike Palm made the comment about Jimmy Garoppolo. The reason why he won't back them is because he'll keep both teams in the game. Yes. And you talk about such an accurate statement by the Palm Reader. Jimmy Garoppolo did exactly that on Thursday night. 49ers have an opportunity to really pull away and pull this game away. Failure to do so, and Garoppolo just throws critical interceptions. First one in the red zone, Mm -hmm. then a later one he hits. uh, Rashawn Evans should have had a pick. He dropped, but then he returns the favor one more time, gives them another interception. Tennessee capitalized on, takes advantage of it, and they end up winning this game. A real crucial game in terms of the AFC South for Tennessee to stay ahead of the Colts. And this guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, I've said it all along. Go back to the Super Bowl, day when uh, Kyle Shanahan refused to move the football with two minutes remaining and Kansas City had a second and long and they didn't call timeout on defense. That told you everything you needed to know about Jimmy Garoppolo. This team, the way it's comprised, can win a Super Bowl. Never going to happen with this guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, unless it's by a fluke or the defense forces four or five turnovers.
4: It, it is interesting. Again, I was on Tennessee, and part of that was like Jimmy G, Niners favored on the road, short week. And they led 10 nothing at the halftime, and I thought, okay, well, if, as long as Jimmy G doesn't screw it up, they're going to be okay. He did screw it up. And the point you make about that turnover in the first half, when, they, when Tennessee is just all out of sorts, yeah. it's a bad red zone pick. And if that doesn't happen, who knows if that's the difference there in a three-point game. But those plays that happened in the second quarter come come back and bite you, especially when you have a team down. I think it's an excellent point. Look, Jimmy G, if you want to end the criticism that you're going to get from guys like Mike and Amal and others, go in. It's about results. It's not about process. It is about results. And the results right there for San Francisco have not been good enough. We'll find out if Trey Lance is the, is the future eventually. I think Jimmy G is still the best option right now, which is not saying a whole lot
5: if that is still your best option. Well, I think you brought up a couple of good points, which is he's not their best option long-term, but in the short run, he is the answer. The other issue that you have is, remember, you've got a couple of studs on defense. Yep. Fred Warner, I, I I don't remember if they paid him yet or not, but Nick is going to get paid. And when you look at this team the way it's comprised, this defense is good enough to win a Super Bowl with. The running game is outstanding. Debo Samuel and George Kittle, for my money, I don't know if you would argue with Hill and Kelsey as one, two, the best combination, oh or Samuel and Kittle. I think you make an argument either way. And when you've got that type of talent right now, you've got to be able to win. Because I, I still believe in the entire National Football League, nobody is that dominant where you sit there and say, I fear this team or I fear that team. But when you look at Jimmy Garoppolo on the other side and you see Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, mm. you're like, even Matthew Stafford, hey, I, I like my chances.
4: Yeah, it's just not, he's, he's not good. He's good. He's decent. He, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Is he elite? No. And I think, to your point, you've got to have one of those elite guys now. That's yeah. the way it's born out here in the NFL. If you don't have the Patrick Mahomes, the Tom Brady's, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you might not really have a chance to win the whole thing if that's what it's all about. Uh, let's go continue on with the shenanigans here, shenanigans. And what about
5: Vic Fangio? What what happened there in Denver? Fourth down and four here in Las Vegas. But no, 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 don't worry. We're going to play for a 55-yard field goal, but that's not even the worst part about it. McManus, we know, has got a terrific leg. Yes. But we tell him with about 21 seconds remaining on the play clock, rush him out there. You know what? You need a little bit of time to make sure you're set and adjust in terms of kickers. That's why most field goal kickers will tell you when a coach takes a timeout, try to ice them. They are more accurate because they say everything gets aligned. Everything's perfectly ready Hmm. to go. And statistically, kickers are better after a timeout than they are before the timeout. We see it. McManus is a little bit of rush. That thing takes a left turn, had no chance on it. And that's a typical Vic Fangio move. Why wouldn't you go for the 38-yard line? Remember the NFL about a decade ago, maybe longer, put in that move where if you kick a field goal and you miss it, it goes to the spot of the kick. Right. So now you're giving the Raiders the ball at the 45-yard line. I mean, just a decision to me that was so poor and reflective of the type of things that Denver has done consistently. Fourth down and fourth, the 38-yard line. We see these coaches gambling in so many situations that are unnecessary. But you have a fourth and fourth. No, no, no. We're going to play for the old 55-yarder. I'm right there with you again. There's a time and a place for for going for it, for kicking the field goals. That's not the place to kick the field goal.
4: That's the place you actually get aggressive and go for it. I know it's Drew Locke. And maybe you don't trust him as much. I understand that. If you can't figure out a way to get five yards in a one-score game, a game that was close the whole way, which basically you flipped that that score here, eight and seven versus seven and eight, you might be on your pathway to a to a playoff victory. You got to coach with that in mind. I'm I'm right there with you. That that's a terrible decision to try the 55-yarder when it's fourth and five from the 38 on the road. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Okay, shenanigans, Cliff Kingsbury.
5: Well, yeah, this is the bloom off the rose. Well, listen, I think the reality of it was when he got hired, a few people outside of Steve Kime were wondering, how come this guy got hired as the head coach? (laughs) And you're starting to see it now. He really wasn't effective at Texas Tech when he got hired back in what, 2012, I think it was there. And you look at what he's done or, you know, throughout his tenure there and then in Arizona, they got off to a fast start. But, you know, based on the reflection in the odds, based on the way they were being bet or lack thereof, a lot of people weren't buying into this team and you're starting to see it. This team has really regressed. The division was there for the taking last Monday mm-hmm. night in Glendale. They failed on that opportunity, really, just to solidify that division. Now they are behind the Rams in the standings, even though they hold the tiebreaker or head to head—not the head to head in terms of—they're uh, both one and one, but they have—they would win by virtue of a tiebreaker. But to me, missed opportunities for this oh, yeah. Arizona team, and mentally, I'm not sure where this team goes at this point in time. DeAndre Hopkins, I think
4: you see the omission of him uh, not being healthy again. Yep. They might get him back for the postseason, but you can see what a difference that makes on offense for Cliff Kingsbury. And look, when they were seven and zero, and everybody's like Kyler Murray's the MVP, I was like, oh, I'm going to just be quiet over <laughs> here in the corner because I didn't see it then. I still don't see it now. I like Kyler Murray; I think yep. he's a good quarterback. He's got to play better in the in these type of games. If you get out, I'm not you got outplayed by Carson Wentz, but when you can't win that game with this banged up the offensive line it was for the Indianapolis Colts and either Kyler Murray and or Cliff Kingsbury can't figure out to get that win at home, that is an indictment on, on your team and where you're going. If we're trying to take you seriously as a potential team to make a deep postseason run, I'm right there with you. I don't see it in the NFC.
5: I, I agree with you on Kyler Murray. I think the one issue that Murray has, and I think he's terrific, I like him a lot as well, I think sometimes when a guy like him, and I, I remember watching him, he's from the Dallas area, played in high school, I saw some of his highlights, When you're the best athlete on the field in high school, in college, sometimes you think that's the case in the NFL, and he probably still is the best athlete on the field almost in any game, right? He's the only player to ever be drafted in the first round in the NFL draft and the Major League Baseball draft. It's an incredible achievement when you think of guys like Bo Jackson, right. and Deion Sanders, oh, and
4: others. Absolutely.
5: But at some point in time, you see in the NFL the speed that exists. Ooh. You know, I go back to Jimmy Johnson, what he did with Dallas when he started drafting guys like Darren Smith and guys that can run sideline to sideline. You've seen it on plays this year where Murray will get outside the pocket, and you think, oh, he's going to be able to run around this guy like he had his entire career. Uh, but then you see guys are able to chase him down, and sometimes – he tries to make plays that you would make at a, you know, high school level. You can't run around like that in the NFL. You start going backwards, you're going to cost your team yards.
4: Yeah, it, it's there are such an interesting case study uh, at 10 and five right now as a wild card team going. Can they win on the road? Yeah, it's good. In the, can they go to Tampa Bay? Could they go to LA? Could they go to Dallas? Green Bay? I mean, to me, it's just it feels like you have a delineage here of the top four in the NFC, and I think Arizona is now that fifth. You know, in that mix with the Eagles in the Niners, and this was a 7-0 and football team, they have really fallen on difficult times. Look, DeAndre Hopkins is that kind of player. You get him back, and I might change my tune a little bit on that, but without him and uh, and no James Conner to boot, they didn't have him on Thursday night as well, that's asking a lot of Kyler Murray. But again, to your point about Cliff Kingsbury, it falls on your shoulders. You're the head coach. you got to figure it out. And so if you can't figure this out with this kind of ta- talent that you have, and you do have defensive talent, and you're going to let Indianapolis with no offensive line, literally no offensive line, go in there and beat you in a critical game?
5: That is an indictment to me and the coaching staff. I would agree with you completely. At this point in time, I look at San Francisco overall, minus the quarterback position, being a a better team than the Arizona Cardinals at this point. All right, so we'll see how that's going to play out uh, in the NFC. But, But we'll get to some
4: of these odds later on in the show here on Odds On. But... Did the Cowboys change your opinion just a little bit by what they did? I know it's a Washington football team, but I wonder now if people are going to say, "Oh, they were what, eleven to one to win the Super
5: Bowl a week ago?" You're not going to get that number anymore. No, you're not. And to your point, uh, no, I, I don't. They didn't change my mind. Taylor Heineke is who he is. Oh, it doesn't change your mind at all. I mean, if I'm out there playing quarterback and you beat me fifty-six to nothing, it's not impressive. All right. I mean, come on. I mean, Taylor Haneke's that guy. He he looks good for about a week or two. There's a reason why Washington has scuffled all year long. The reason they were good last year was because of their defense. Make no mistake about it. All right, I sit corrected. <laughs> Sign up now for a PlayCard debit MasterCard and get paid
4: faster with a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today. To apply, subject to card activation and ID verification terms and, and costs to apply, card issued by Medibank NA member FDIC. Just getting it cranked up here on Odds On. I am Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw. When we come back, we're going to take a look at some lines and all that we see for next week already in the NFL, and we'll do that a little bit later on in the program and figure out whether or not we think they are accurate or maybe a little bit off the beaten path. Come on back, it's Odds On right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
6: From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life,
1: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 1,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to Zen.com find find. Locate a store near you. That's Zen.com find. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Dave Ross alongside Amal Shaw, This is Odds On right here on VEASAN and Amal, we have one more game to round out week number 16 tonight down there in the Big Easy. But I do not know if handicapping this game is easy because no Taysom Hill, no uh, Trevor Simeon. Those guys are both on COVID-19 protocols. So Ian Book, the Fighting Irish, play like a champion today, hit the sign, and let's go. They're getting three now at home. Now before when Taysom Hill... This number was flipped. The Dolphins were getting three, three and a half. So a six, six and a half point move because it tastes some Hill. Are you buying that?
5: Well, I, you bring up a good point. It is a move because we went from Hill to Book, but I don't know if necessarily it's a pro Hill move or it's just more of an anti Ian Book move. Okay. I mean, to me, when you look at what he was at Notre Dame, he was a pedestrian quarterback. I was telling Jacob Roach, one of our producers here behind the scene. He was eating some bar that Ian Book's a sponsor for. I would question any product that is having Ian wait, wait, Book wait, wait, as a wait. sponsor. Ian
4: Book has a, like a Reggie bar, like Reggie Jackson back in the
5: 70s? No, not that. No, no, no. Oh, it's not. no oh, I forgot what the oh, company okay. was he was sponsoring, Whoa. but I was like, you know, I would question the aptitude of an organization that is Ian Book <laughs> as a sponsor. I mean, I'm not looking for a quarterback to take my team to 9-3 and three at Notre Dame. That's right. just me. But I'm sure Ron Paulus is available for fairly cheap at this point in time. <laughs> uh, when you look at this team, though, the Saints uh, – They've been terrific defensively. They haven't gotten enough credit. And they wish they could play Tampa Bay every week. But unfortunately for them, they're going to play a team in Miami that has really had a great second half of the season. Yeah. And Brian Flores' defense will be ready to go. They got a shot at the playoffs. It seems like we have a plethora of teams in the AFC sitting at 8-7. and seven. And by the way, the Raiders have taken care of business against all these teams, the Dolphins, the Browns. Um, the only one they didn't beat was the Bengals, mm-hmm. but the Denver Broncos twice. So this is an important game right now when you look at the standings with three remaining for Miami if they're going to get into the playoffs. Good opportunity here against a depleted New Orleans team with so many players on COVID. Uh, it's going to be a real challenge for the Saints. They're going to need a quarterback, obviously, not just for the remainder of this year, but more importantly, moving forward next year.
4: We had uh, Jimmy Ott yesterday on the green zone uh, down there from ESPN Baton Rouge, and he said that he actually thinks the passing game today with Ian Book might be better, right? Because Sean Payton wants to utilize that passing pass game a little bit and kind of maybe with Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon maybe felt a little bit more hamstrung in that scenario here. I, look, it feels like it. It screams dead under, right? And you see the number; it's so low. It's thirty-eight. There's no weather. You're indoors. It's the Superdome. They're double dog daring you to take the over here, them all. But I wonder: can you really trust Sean Payton
5: going to open it up with the book? Is this going to be Alvin Kamara and just try to pound forty-one offensively? Look, at some point in time, you're going to have to throw the ball because in the NFL, you can't be completely one-dimensional and win a game unless you're New England against Buffalo, which was a bit of a fluke there with that long Damian Harris run. Right. Uh, I think he's going to have to throw the ball. He's going to have to be good on the short and the intermediate throws. If he can do that, I think they've got a chance. You know, my criticism of Book is not that I just don't think he's going to stretch the field. Mm-hmm. And I think it becomes a little bit easier as a defender, and especially this Miami defense that has played particularly well. I don't want any part of this game. I don't want to lay three points on the road. I, I tell you, New Orleans is one of those places for teams. When you go on the road, it seems like strange things yeah. can happen in the Dome and the Saints find ways to win football games, especially under Sean Payton the last decade plus. But... Uh, complete stay away. I, what I'm hoping for is an early score in this game, maybe a quick 10 points somehow, you know, a turnover to a touchdown. Look at the live
4: number there. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that might be a great way to handicap that one tonight. You know, it is interesting. You look at Brian Flores very quickly, one and seven. There were rumblings about his job down there in Miami. By the way, they won 10 games a year ago. I mean, like you look at Brian Flores and what he's done, and now I think, well, you look at the schedule and who they play. He still won six games in a row in the NFL and you're 7-7 seven and seven right now, and you did win 10 games, you know me, I'm a results guy, not necessarily a process guy, and the results right now are not too shabby in Miami for a team that you look at offensively and you go, they just don't have a whole lot of punch, yet they have a system with Brian Flores, defense first. Don't turn it over, Tua. If you don't turn it over, you probably have a pretty good shot of winning these football games, and I think that's why they are where they are a 500 football team looking to go over that Mendoza line tonight.
5: Well, you're absolutely right. But listen, think about this in South Florida. If you write for the Sun Sentinel or the Herald, who are you going to fire? Spoh's not going anywhere. Nope. Quinville's out. And the Marlins don't even, nobody knows who the manager is. So you got to point of Flores. <laughs> and I agree with you. I couldn't believe the rumblings that Flores might be out after one year. They don't even know if two is the guy for them. It's amazing. But this defense has really turned things around. And I think it all started with that Thursday night game against the Ravens. And this team has really catapulted from that point. They lost to Jacksonville in England. I mean, like, you think they're 7-7. Seven and seven. If they miss the postseason, they'll
4: look back at that jolly old trip to England as the one that's going to get them. They're 7-6 and six in North America. That, that's a better <laughs> way to glass half full of them all. Uh, let's get to wild or right as you take a look at some of these uh, spreads that we're seeing already for week number 17 in the NFL. And I know you weren't impressed by what the Cowboys did last night to the Washington football team. Now the team with no name is going to welcome in Fly Eagles Fly. And we saw what they just did whoosh, to the Giants yesterday, easily covering that number of 10. On the ROAD, boy, it's tough to win in Washington, D.C. Wink, wink. They're going to lay four in the road. What do you make of this number?
5: A little bit high, just simply because anytime a team gets embarrassed in the NFL, I tend to like that team that got embarrassed. I mean, that was an absolute embarrassing national TV Sunday night game. You know, normally you flex out of that type of matchup, but it's the Cowboys. Obviously, you're never going to do that late in the season. A team vying for a Super Bowl. Listen, I don't even understand why you're smiling there. I know you're a Cowboy fan. We got a couple of Cowboy fans here. What do you, I, I know you like Syracuse, by the way. They're playing Brown today. Maybe you guys can get past the Bears today at the Carrier Dome. Come on, Jimmy. Are, are, are you going to come on? Do you want to talk Lakers next segment? Do Are you a Yankee fan as well? Uh, come on. Any other teams I'm missing? Manchester, United, Real Madrid? Come on. I, I'm just glad you include Syracuse in that, like as the
4: hierarchy. That no, they, have you now noticed
5: now. all these teams that I've included? Yeah. Syracuse, the Yankees, the I, Lakers, the Cowboys—none of them. They, what's their no title since 2009? Hate
4: the Yankees, hate the Lakers, and the right, Mets. That's Mets guy.
5: I, I just think it's tough, Dave. When you get embarrassed, you see teams always usually give a good effort in a bounce-back spot. I was a little bit disappointed with the Eagles in the first half yesterday. They yeah. turned it on in the second half, playing a depleted Giants team, particularly at the quarterback position. I thought they could have done better. Uh, but I was more impressed with the fact that this Philly team over the last several weeks, the way they put it together, sitting at 8-7, and seven, and I think with a lot to play for, it's going to be a competitive game for them. Uh, while they're right then, and I'll go down the beaten path a little bit, and I will go to those Cowboys because
4: now they're weighing 5.5 against the Cardinals, and the Cardinals with those two disappointing performances back-to-back in prime time against the Rams, and then a standalone game uh, that they couldn't win against the Colts, so all of a sudden they kind of feel like they've been exposed twice on national TV, and now you look at the Cowboys
5: – Main five and a half. Wild, or right? This is wild. This line should be four. No way should the Arizona Cardinals be catching five and a half in this spot, Dave. Let me remind you of a game you remember vividly. Last year, Arizona won this game thirty-eight to ten against the Cowboys. Well, Revenge spot it. for Dallas. I know you do. And so, you know, to me, I think this is a few too many points here. I would have actually said until the performance on Sunday, uh, Saturday night, this line would have been three in favor of Dallas. Yeah, five and a half. A complete overreaction. Completely wild. I like the Cardinals here catching five and a half. Yeah, it
4: does make me a little bit nervy as a Cowboy backer here, laying the five. That's going to be a teasable scenario for me. I might even get in uh, here at circa. They've got five point teasers. I might tease that down to a half point, just win, baby. Paul Davis wait, wait, game. Wait a
5: minute. Wait a minute. Come yeah. on,
4: Ross. Listen,
5: I thought you were going to be the wise guy here and, and be smart and say, you know what, I'm going to take those Cardinals up catching ten and a half. You're going to go down. No, Cowboys going to win the game. I don't know if they're going to cover the number. They don't win the game at home right now. This team is
4: riding hot. They're trying to get that number one spot in the NFC. Green Bay right now, he's really scared of Green Bay. If they just slip up just once, and I know they got Minnesota and Detroit left in the schedule, probably not going to happen. But right now, the Cowboys, number two seed, they want to hold on to that number two seed. I don't think they're going to lose this
5: game, but I'm with you. The number feels a little bit inflated. Would you be willing to come in next Monday and give Mike the day off when the Cowboys lose? Just just to remind everybody you said Dallas is going to win? I will not confirm nor deny (laughs) what I have said. Uh, You talk about embarrassing situations here
4: very quickly. What about what happened with the Ravens? Okay, and all of a sudden now, the Rams, who I have accused sometimes of being soft, Mm -hmm. right? But you know what they've done recently? They've played more physical football with Sonny Michelle. They've run the football. Sean McVay heard those whispers, too, that maybe you're a little bit too cute. Maybe you need to man up and punch some people in the face. They've started to do that a little bit. It feels like the Ravens are a team you can you could go over the top. You don't have to beat them up. You can just go over the top because they have no defense. Now the Rams on the road are gonna lay
5: three and a half in Baltimore. Speaking of embarrassing, that was embarrassing what happened to the Ravens yesterday. Yeah, but I think when you look at the Ravens, different scenario than Washington in this sense. They are just depleted in the secondary. You expected I mean, you would never see the Ravens catching seven in a division game on the road against the Bengals. No Lamar Jackson, no Huntley there as well. That all those things are a factor. Uh, I think this Rams team will be able to take advantage of the weakness in this Ravens secondary, but really was impressed with the balance from the uh, Rams yesterday in Minnesota. Did a terrific job on third down seven for 14 executing. So I think it's going to all come down to that. If they can be balanced, they're going to have a great chance. Cooper cup should have a monster day against this Ravens secondary. (sighs) Uh, I I think this number is right. Uh, I think I would have said maybe three, three and a half. We usually use a half a point margin of error. So I think this number is right. I, I mean, I'm surprised that, at this point in time, when you look at it, that you see somebody as a road favorite at Baltimore, and I, I'm not going to take the Rams here, but it's going to be a challenging game. You know what? When you overcome three Matty Stafford turnovers yeah. with relative ease the way they did,
4: you got a pretty good football team. All right, maybe when we come back, we've got some burning questions from Mike Pong, and in his stead, I'll ask those questions. Come on back. It's odds on right here in Veasan, the sports betting network.
1: This is Odds On with Mike Pom and Amal Shaw on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows and download and listen on your schedule. Go to VSon.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got you covered. Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and even First Strike, and many more. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. I mentioned First Strike because Britton has the producer here, Rod Zahn. Does a great job with First Strike each and every week here. We had the week off because Dana White gave us all the week off with no UFC. Uh, We'll be back at it right after the new year. What's that, UFC 270? You're going to start watching these them all. I'm going to get you in there. I'm going to get you involved. And you, sir, are going to be born again into the UFC. Uh, let's get into some of Mike Palm's burning questions for you, sir. And I do find these very interesting, and they do burn hot. What about if the Dolphins do win tonight down there in the Big Easy? If Tua Tagovailoa doesn't turn it over, and they figure out a way to get a win down there in New Orleans, they would join the Ravens, Chargers, and Raiders at 8-7, and seven, vying for the last wild card spot in the AFC. Of those four, and all will give you some odds for the playoff odds, which
5: is the best bet in your judgment, sir, to actually make it, the postseason you know first of all you got to go based on schedule the Dolphins have the Titans after this game and then New England remaining so that's going to be a bit of a challenge when you look at those two teams both of them buying for division titles so they're going to be really focused in on those matchups the Ravens are at home for their last two games they play the Rams and then they play the Steelers I think the Steelers is obviously much more manageable because the Rams now control their destiny in the NFC West so for me that's a factor there you look at this Chargers team right now by the way talk about a catastrophic loss, and I know we're going to get into that in a minute, but they've got the Broncos at home, which you think they should be able to win, and then at the Raiders. I don't think it's going to be as much of a slam dunk as people think it is. The one thing that has gone overlooked with this Chargers team all mm-hmm. year long is the lack of defense. This defense has got some good individual talent, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, but the, it seems like the rest of the team is a collective, just doesn't play particularly well, and I'm sorry. Brandon Staley, I, I would consider firing him for losing to a team like this. Woo! You can't lose to the Houston Texans and Davis Mills. You're not playing Stanford. Maul, Brandon Staley has been
4: touched by Sean McVay. He has been checked, approved by the analytics community. Therefore,
5: he is untouchable, sir. Don't you know that? You know, these, as Charles Barkley would say, these analytics jackasses, they're not winning titles. At the end of the day, you want to know why Phil Jackson won? Because he had MJ and he had Kobe. You want, you want to know why Mike Brown won a title? Because he had... LeBron James, at the end of the day, you need great talent. And that's what, when you look at Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, all these Tom Brady, they win because they have talent. Tend to agree. I think that ends
4: the, uh, or answers the next burning question via Mike Palm. And that would be uh, Brandon Staley and the inability to get his team ready for that Texans practice squad. And to lose (laughs) that is that a stain on his resume. And was it worse than the Cardinals loss against Detroit? Because the manner in which Arizona lost at Detroit two weeks ago, and the manner in which the Chargers lose this game, boy, they, they weren't competitive. But that, that's to
5: me, is the shocking thing. Well, first of all, a couple of different factors here. Nobody thinks of Cliff Kingsbury as some sort of genius. No. Okay? And Brandon Staley gets all this credit for what? Being a gambler? I told Mike, I said, you guys should have somebody who's his casino host, because this guy's going to absolutely hit or split Kings, you know, against the 10 out uh. there. This guy would be a... Money-making machine for you at the casino here. Some of the decision-making has been so poor, in my opinion. The other thing with Arizona, when you look at against Detroit, wouldn't you agree that Detroit has been far more competitive yes. in many more games yes. than uh, the Houston, Texans? Remember, it took an all-world kick from the greatest kicker I've ever seen in my lifetime and Justin Tucker to beat the Detroit Lions. It was a game, you saw a couple other games where they probably should have walked away with a victory. They failed in that. They were competitive against the Rams. I think when you look at this loss against the Texans team, here's the other thing. You saw what Arizona did on the road at Detroit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes teams get focused and are a lot better prepared when they see a team like Arizona lay an uh, egg on the road at a team like Detroit. And this Houston Texans team, they're 3-11 they're t- uh, going into that matchup. They don't have anything to play for. And you get beat and you give up 41 points Whoa. against that team.
4: Look, and this is the thing, and I this is I don't want this to be like, oh, the analytics community were against you because Brandon Staley didn't kick any field goals against Kansas City. Excuse me, uh, the Chargers didn't kick any against Kansas City on that Thursday night game. My my thing is, it's results oriented. It's not process oriented. It's results oriented. If Brandon Staley can win with his analytics process and it leads you to victory, then so be it. Then good. Then I would be I would be okay with that. But when your process leads you potentially out of the postseason for a team that should have arguably won the division over the Chiefs. If you don't blow that football game, then you have to readjust your process. And if you're not willing to do that as a head coach, what's your value? I can get anybody, a 15-year-old mathematician, with a clipboard and a cap on and say, go for it, kick it, go for it, punt. Anybody can do that and follow the book. A head coach is going to be able to gauge what's going on with this roster. And that's why I'll give John Harbaugh a good bit of the benefit of the doubt for some of his decisions that I might not have agreed with knowing his personnel, and that he couldn't get that job done because of his defense.
5: I love the fact that you brought up John Harbaugh because I vehemently disagree with you on Harbaugh in this sense. Number one, I get he pointed to the fact that they were decimated with injuries in the secondary against the Steelers. Yes. Still didn't agree with the call, even though they had a beautiful play executed. If Lamar makes a better throw, they probably win that game. I know some people say Mark Andrews should have caught that football. I thought they should have kicked it and then tied up And in overtime, if you get one stop defensively or if you get the ball first and you've got Tucker. Anytime you play the Ravens in overtime and you don't feel like you're going to move the football and you're in trouble, you're like, these guys crossed the 40 yard line. We're in trouble and we're going to lose this football game. Here's the other thing I'd point as a criticism. I'm a big John Harbaugh fan. I think he's a terrific coach. Mm -hmm. In the Green Bay game, here was my issue. At 31 17, when you score to make it 31 23, Go for two then, because if you miss, it doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing scenario. Now you just have to be 50% execution on your two-point conversions to tie the game up. But if you make the first one, you put yourself in a position to win the game at 32-31. Instead, when you went for it, it became an all-or-nothing proposition, and I thought at home you didn't need to do that. To me, and I'm not a Monday morning quarterback in these scenarios, I I think sometimes you take the three points. We're seeing a lot of kickers miss extra points. If Brandon Staley takes a couple of the field goals, Instead of the uh, two and one third drives being a touchdown, now you're in a scenario where two drives equals a f- uh, touchdown. And sometimes when you take the field goal, I, I was talking to a friend of mine about this yesterday. In the Patriots game, the Bills chose to go for it on fourth down and goal at about, I think it was a one-yard line. And give New, uh, New England credit, they stopped them. But I said take the three points because you're up 10-7 at this point in time. And my argument for that is this. And I can understand the argument if you go for it. I, I really didn't have a problem in that time frame because it was one yard. But if you don't make it, Yes. Okay, you give them an opportunity. The New England didn't do anything with that. Buffalo capitalized. But if you go up 13-7 now another field goal puts you theoretically ahead if New England scores again. That's all I'm saying. Two, two scores, yeah. And with the Harbaugh conversation, I'm glad we had that one because to me the first
4: time, when you still have Lamar Jackson, kick it. You have Justin Tucker. Get, yeah. get, get but to that one to me, even though they a great play design, kick it. We have Huntley as your backup quarterback. I can understand that a little bit more. My point is there's nuance to the conversation. It's not follow the book yeah. blindly and or never do this. To me, you can switch. You can mix and match. You can try to figure out maybe in this scenario it's, it's time
5: to go against the book. This time I with the book. That's, to me, what a great elite head coach will do. I would agree with you. My only argument against the one in the Green Bay game was that you had a perfect scenario down 14, so now you have an opportunity to be able to go for the two-pointer first and find out if you miss. Okay, we got to go for it again. Now, if you make it, it's 31-25. You score, you're probably going to win the game. Right. By the way, I can
4: see why Mike Palm does these burning questions because they lead to very interesting conversations. Okay, he's got another one for you. Did Saturday's four-pick game against the Packers mean that Baker Mayfield's feat, fate, rather, is sealed in Cleveland. and he out of there.
5: You know, i got to give my credit. This is a great question, and I do feel that way because, remember, Sashi Brown, who's the head of player personnel for the Browns, he did not draft Baker Mayfield. Neither did Kevin Stefanski. Uh, it goes to show you, when was the last time a team could throw four picks at Lambo and have a chance with the final drive to be able to win the game? Wow. It, it really is unbelievable. But I'll tell you what, Baker, again, killed this team. They had an opportunity Red Zone. They throw a pick. The turnovers and the first three turnovers led directly to 21 points for the Packers. But it's not even just about the 21 points. That uh, the second pick, I think it was, it negated an opportunity for at least three, potentially seven points there for the Browns. So I think you're just not going to win with this guy long term. That's the problem in Cleveland. And you look at this team like the San Francisco 49ers, very similar situation. You've got an elite playmaker in Miles Garrett defensively. And by the way, is there a more underrated player in the National Football League than Nick Chubb? This guy is absolutely so unbelievable. Good. He's so good. Yeah, another big day again
4: with 126 in the touchdown on only 17 carries. Maybe only 17 carries might be the criticism there because they couldn't stop Nick Chubb.
5: Yeah, but, you know, somebody brought up a great point on Twitter. They said, was Nick Chubb kicked out of the football game in the final two minutes? Why would you not hand the ball off? Because you only needed a field goal. And the way he was gashing him on the ground with three timeouts, you could have utilized him instead of forcing Baker into a situation where they got to throw. I get it should have been called defensive holding or a PI, but you know what? You got to play through those things sometimes.
4: Yeah, you do. Okay, uh, look, I'm going to ask a question because Mike Palm has a burning question and I have to answer it, and that's part of my journalistic integrity. Dem boys demolished the Washington football team last night in Center Night Football. How seriously are you, Amal Shaw, now considering the
5: Cowboys as a threat to win the whole kit and caboodle at 11-1? I am not as high on them as other people are. Uh, I think they're a very good football team. Uh, To me, though, the running game is still a bit inconsistent. I know Pollard's a good change of pace. I don't think he's a bell cow. Didn't do enough for you last night. Play Washington. Let me see it when he plays another team. Let me tell you, I, Zeke's the only player in the NFL whose stats I look at every week. And when, once again, a, a <laughs> bit of a struggle there. So I, I'm not ready to buy the Cowboys just yet. All I'll say is, Zeke Elliott right now is the best fullback in the NFL.
4: <laughs> when we come back, we'll get some more odds and maybe some individual awards and see if we can uh, interest you from a numbers perspective. Come on back. It's Odds On right here in Beeson, the Sports Betting Network.
2: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
6: From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life,
3: This is Odds On
1: with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSN the Sports Betting Network.
5: Bet Rivers Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combo. In addition to that, Bet Rivers has added more and more same game parlay props for college football matchups just in time for the biggest games of the season. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21, gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1 800 Gambler, Indiana, 1 800 9 with it, Colorado, 1 800 4700, Michigan, 1 100 Virginia, one 888 And I will call 100 bets off. Playable in New Jersey as play Sugar House Void where prohibited.
4: Back here, odds on Dave Ross in for Mike Palm today alongside Amal Shaw. And Amal, obviously, you can understand why the Chiefs are now, again, the favorites to win the Super Bowl at plus 400.
5: Not but according wanna, to you. No, I like the Buffalo
4: Bills. <laughs> uh, I did sprinkle a little bit on the Bills before that game. A, a 10-1 against New England. Just figuring that. To me, the AFC is just not power-packed. It it feels like a three-horse race, all due respect to Tennessee, but it feels like Buffalo uh, and Kansas City, to me, clearly are the best. We'll find out about the Bengals, whether or not we think they're real contenders. It's the NFC. When you look at the NFC, and it's just power-packed, and I think we have a little bit of a delineage now between the top four and maybe number five in Arizona. Right Again, we'll find out. They get DeAndre Hopkins back. That could change that equation. But when you look at the NFC, it looks like all roads are going to go through Lambeau Field to get to this. But those roads were easily traveled last year by Tampa Bay. I just want to point that out. Right? Ah, you know, how in the world? Well, they, they went there to Green Bay and, and beat them up a little bit and got that W. Who's going to go into Lambeau this year and smack around probably the two-time back-to-back MVP in Aaron Rodgers?
5: Well, I'll start with a case for the Rams because I have the Rams to win the NFC. Oh. I think this team is very dangerous. You still have the best player in the NFL in Aaron Donald. But he's an absolute difference maker. If he can get home and put some pressure on this team offensively, then I think the Packers could be a challenge. But the, the really that's impressed me with the Packers this year, the running game has stepped up. Yes, And the defense has been far better than it's been in years past. When would you think in Lambeau Field the Packers are only going to score three points in the second half on a Saturday afternoon game against the Browns Give that Browns defense credit, but give the Green Bay defense even more credit for making the plays and getting the interceptions. You know what happens is so many times people have the ball, the opportunity to intercept a ball, but they don't do it. Mm -hmm. Green Bay did it, and they did a terrific job. I think they're very dangerous. I think the Rams are a team that could potentially pull it off. But I want you to make a case for why the Dallas Cowboys are going to Lambeau and winning in January with Dakota Prescott. Because we're going to avenge Des Bryant. We've been waiting all this time, Cowboy Nation,
4: to finally go back there and get what was stolen from us about five, six years ago. And that's a victory in Lambeau Field. Look, your point about the Packer defense is excellent. And they're going to get Jair Alexander back. And this, I mean, my goodness, this is a short list of elite corners to me in the NFL. If they get the Smith brothers back fully healthy, this defense could actually get better. This is one of the rare Packer teams, and I kid a lot about the Packers and not getting it done and Aaron Rodgers only going uh, to one Super Bowl and those sort of – but I will say this. This is a legit team. I think it's even better than the one-seeded Packers from a year ago. So as a Cowboy backer, I look at the defense that Dallas is playing now, and Aaron Rodgers going up against Trayvon Diggs would be a scintillating matchup. On a Sunday for all the marbles, because 12 is not going to shy away from seven, and seven is not going to shy away from 12. So, like that's going to be the matchup to me. Can Devonte Adams beat Trayvon Diggs? And and yes, Trayvon Diggs can be gotten. There, it's not like he's untouchable. And Sean Connery and Elliot Ness out there, he can be gotten. But I will say this: roll the dice because do it at your at your own at your own peril. Because we've seen other teams, and Taylor Heineke is not Aaron Rodgers. We get that. And the first pass play they had yesterday changed the whole tenor of that football game. But I think the way the Cowboys are playing defense right now as the fourth best odds to represent the conference, you kidding me? I'm um, all, to me, there is still good value in those Cowboys, especially if they get the two seed and the first game they'd have to play out of Jerry World. They're so much better at Jerry World than they are away that if the first game they play, is for all the marbles in the conference at Green Bay.
5: Yeah, I'll take my chances right now with the Cowboys. Well, I hear what the point you're making, and I think they're a very good football team. I think offensively, the, what they have, they're very dangerous. And I think the defense is far improved from what they were last year. But I still think Rodgers, and you know, everybody in sports always says, well, LeBron never has had a great coach. This guy's worked with Mike McCarthy and Matt LaFleur. And I'm not saying that Mike McCarthy hasn't done a good job this year in Dallas. But at the same time, I don't think these are your first two choices for NFL head coaches if you're starting a franchise today in the National Football Big League. Mike, a, a shot across the ballot, Big Mike. Look, you know, it, it, it is. It, the, the, the perception
4: is that Rodgers won in spite of yeah. Mike McCarthy. And I, to be honest with you, I don't know how much that is truth and how much that is narrative sure. that people love to go down that street. LaFleur was one of those guys that was with the the McVay boys back in D.C. when I was there in D.C., and he's one of those young coordinators, and they're all, you know, the Kyle Shanahan's of the world. They're all rolling out these days. So he did have pedigree coming from Tennessee and going to Green Bay. Now, I think his lack of coaching experience showed itself last year in the the championship game in the biggest stage when he kicks it down eight late. I mean, to me, that's inexplicable. Uh, You just cannot do that. But I will say this. For everybody who's already forgotten how that game played out, Aaron Rodgers on third down had a clear path to the end zone and decided to pull up
5: and throw it incomplete. That led to the bad bad decision by another boy genius in kicking the field goal. Right, listen, a couple of points you made, and we'll get back to the NFC odds here in just a quick second. My biggest indictment of Lafleur was not that decision, and I understand a lot of people's was. It was the decision to throw the football in the end of the first half when you had a second and long. Oh. That, to me, was critical. You know, the one thing that gets forgotten on that uh, down eight situation, they needed about nine or ten yards. It wasn't going to be the easiest scenario, but then you still have to make the two-point conversion. Then you, if you don't get it, you still have to get a stop. And they didn't do that. That was the bigger thing. And Rodgers, though, also has not gotten enough criticism for losing four NFC Championship games at Lambeau. I think that's the one area where you look at, does this team get stiff, does it get tight? And I think with Dallas at 10-1, to in all seriousness, I think you have to strongly consider them because at those kinds of odds right now, Look, Tampa's probably not going to lose another game. They've got a fairly easy schedule. I forgot who they've got next week, but they've got the Panthers in the last game of the season at home. They should be able to win that game. So it's a scenario where I think they'll probably wind up as a – I'm not sure what the tiebreaker scenarios with the three teams, with uh, all these teams, yes. if the Packers win out. But I still think with Brady's experience, they're going to be challenged without having Godwin. Uh, Leonard Fournette banged up. We see on, on the defensive side, Levante David injured as well. So – it's going to be a real challenge for this team. I think Dallas right now. This is five to one for the NFC. I'm right. sorry for the NFC for the Super Bowl. Ten, to, 10 1. to one.
4: Yeah, and again, I, I... still good odds. Very good numbers there. And I'm all again. I think you and I actually had this conversation a couple weeks ago, and it was about Dak Prescott. Remember, you're like, is he in a slump? And all? and I, and my point there was he didn't trust his body, right? He didn't trust his body to do the physical things that he used to be able to do, i.e., roll out, be able to evade edge rushers. He did it last night, and for the first time since his. Injury, The calf injury against New England when he hit C.D. Lamb for the uh, uh, game-ending overtime touchdown. Last night, he trusted his body. And, yeah, you can read body language in, and I know Michael Lombardi does a great job of that, of reading in body language of quarterbacks. But to me, when I saw that last night from Dak Prescott, that was the different level Dak. When he plays like that, that football team and the way that defense is rolling, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers, they're not scared of going to Lambeau Field and bucking those odds. Play him right now. I would play the Cowboys right now at plus 500 to get out of the NFC.
5: You know, right now you look at the Super Bowl odds, Chiefs four to one, Packers four and a half to one, Buccaneers uh, seven and a half to one, Bills eight fifty to one. I hear what you're saying in terms of some of these arguments on these teams, but I'm gonna tell you, I covered a quarterback in Dallas in Tony Romo, who I I remember a friend of mine and I used to, who I covered the Cowboys with, we used to have this argument all the time. I said, you can't win with Romo. He goes, fair question, which he asked. He goes, who do you replace him with? Here's my problem. Okay. Prescott is a good quarterback. I just don't ever see him as elite. And I think the fact that he needs immense talent around him to be able to really win, because there are times you sit there and go, he's kind of like the A-Rod factor for me. A-Rod puts up homers in games when they're up nine or down nine. Can you win when the chips are down? I just don't necessarily see it with Dakota Prescott. I don't see it with this Dallas Cowboy team. You guys will probably win your first-round game. You might get Arizona, depending on where you finish. But I'm telling you right now, Dallas has played well, but they also benefited from a weak schedule this year. And they're in a horrible division. Blasphemy, I say. Marshall.
4: Sure. But look, I understand it. I need and look, I, I'm toughest on the ones I love. And I want Dak Prescott to play at this level that he played last night. Because Aaron Rodgers to to his credit plays at that level just about every game out. That's why he's going to be right now the odds on favor to be back to back MVP. And I understand that. But there is something that seems to happen in those championship games that you mentioned that it he cannot be devoid of criticism. I agree. Like, and it seems like he's the Teflon Don now. And it's everybody else. It's McCarthy. It's, it's LeFour. It's a lack of defense. It's, the, it's Brian Gutekunst. It's never 12. Yeah. No, no. It's got to be 12, too. And the other 12 that we haven't talked about is Tom Terrific, Tequila Tom, right? Just don't have Tequila on the boat, Tom. That guy figures it out. And he did it again. I know it's Carolina yesterday, but he did it without playoff money. did it without Mike Evans, he did it without Chris Godwin. And people say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Tom Brady seems to always figure out a way. And so, even though they're plus 750 to win the Super Bowl, you're really going to bet against Tom Brady in the postseason?
5: I'm a little bit annoyed you mentioned playoff Lenny at this time because, my God, people act like Leonard Fournette. How in the world can they win without Leonard Fournette? uh, People are acting like this is the guy still at St. Augustine High School in New Orleans. No, he's never been as good as you thought. Looked like Tarzan, played like Jane since he's gotten into the league, okay? They picked him up off the scrappy. There's a reason why he wasn't signed. I'm always a lot of fun. Thank
4: you. (laughs) Keep watching these these sports betting Network.